I was a wedding photographer, I was self-employed. I was really excited about building an empire and it, um, just making something really successful um, and becoming really successful. And I was just doing that for a couple years and it was exploding and like definitely like um, ego and pride and I just like ran with it. And then I met a guy and um, he was funny and charming and um, super romantic, swept me off my feet and we got married. Um, I thought it was like my love story. But on our one year anniversary, he told me that he wanted to divorce and that he wanted me out. And one week with the pandemic, I lost um, my business, weddings were canceled um, instantly. It was just shut down. Um, and I lost um, that person. Shortly before um, I found out that my marriage was falling apart though, there was this couple that had hired me to shoot their wedding. By watching Jess and Nick and how much they were pursuing Christ and choosing him um, and what he said over what, they, what culturally is acceptable, um, I realized that I, my walk with Jesus wasn't what I thought it was, and I wasn't where I thought I was. And then Jess was like, you need to come to our connection group. Um, and I was terrified to go. I thought it would be a bunch of people that would tell me that how I was living my life like wasn't okay. Like look at me in scorn or shame or judgment. Um, and no one treated me like that. And everyone just loved me and authentically pursued me for Jesus. And so I just kept coming. I kept showing up to Connection Group. I had no family and I had no friends. And I was all alone. And everyone took me in and they loved me. And they made me feel accepted and wanted. And like I had a safe place. I never thought that I would laugh again. But I can't tell you the life that he has given me of laughter and joy and identity and peace and happiness and fulfillment and the richness of life that he's given. I never knew that life could be so deep and so meaningful. Bridge City has brought to me um, spiritual mothers who um, walk with me and mentor me and disciple me. It's brought to me spiritual sisters that will challenge me um, and live their lives pursuing Christ um, and make make me um, feel inspired um, and, and be able to have someone to hold hands with and walk through life with. I cannot just tell you um, the peace and the restoration and the redemption that he has brought to my life in places of such brokenness. God had to take all of those things from me so that I would finally be at a place where I was like looking for him and willing to surrender and willing to say, you know what, wherever you want me, I'll go whatever you want for me, I'll do it. Um, whatever you want me to give up, any relationship, any human, any person, whatever dream I had for my life or what I wanted it to look like, it's all yours. And in that stripping of idols um, is when he was finally able to become my God. Um, and I switched from being a fan of Jesus to a follower of Jesus. Amen. Let's give God a great big hand. Can we do that this morning? Come on. You could do a little better than that. That was a one great story right there. Come on.
Woo. Wow. Um. <laughs> Man, stories like that never get old. And this whole one vision campaign, it's not about money, it's not about brick, it's not about mortar. It's about stories. <laughs> Am I right? Um, it's about people's lives being changed and transformed forever. And if we don't get it right, we'll make it all about us and what we can do for God rather than what God can do for people. And I believe that God is doing a great work. I believe he's continuing to do a great work, and he will do a great work. Are you with me? That's what one is all about. Let's start this off, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. 3 and 4, here we go. We're going to say this out loud together. Everybody, lock in on the screen. Very good. Here we go. You ready? Make... Everybody. Isn't it good to confess God's word out loud? Yes. Isn't it good like when you say it out loud, something happens? Like, you, like, like together, we believe that God has one glorious hope for the future, not just my future or yours, but more Laurens in the world. How many of y'all believe God for that? See, I believe in a lot more stories of Laurens out there that have a, have, have a glorious hope for the future, and they're going to continue to do so. Yeah. And we get to be a part of that. And that's what this whole deal is all about. And last week, uh, Pastor Nick covered its uh, uh, our one glorious hope for the future publication, our bridge publication. Um, if, if you did not receive one of these last week. Could you raise your hand? We want to give you one right now. Just keep your hand up. The ushers are going to come around. They're going to hand those to you. Thank you. So they're making their way. They want to. And, I, and, and listen, we're asking that you would bring this with you every single week. Every week. Keep your hands up. They're making their way around. This is all about what we believe God is doing here at Bridge City Church. And so keep your hands up. I'm going to be referring to this a few times through today. This explains the initiative that we're doing. We're about to embark on one of the serious, most serious, significant genders. Keep your hand up. You guys got any more? Very good, 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 good. Okay, if you don't, here you go. Take this one back there. Come on, get, give this. Somebody grab this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good deal. Very good. It's all good. And, um, and, and they're making their way. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. You're good. Totally good. And um, this is so significant. This is one of the most significant offerings our church will ever make in, in, in size. But it's a generosity initiative. So what's the, what's the One Vision campaign really all about? It's a generosity initiative that over the next 36 months, we are going to give generously and, 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 and give over and above what we normally give and, and together, that means every location is going to be doing this. We're one church in four locations. All the campuses are doing this. And we're going to all put our money together because we believe that God is doing a great work. Right. 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 And God will continue to do a great work. 
And so that's what this is. But this is a faith initiative, and this is to help you grow. How many of you would like to be, grow to be more like Jesus? Yes. How many of you would like more faith? Yes. <laughs> I got just the thing for you. <laughs> no, sorry, there, 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 there's faith. Right. Because this is our goal. Our goal is that we're going to raise $1.5 million over the next three years. And it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. How many of y'all are going to stand with me and believe God for that? Yes. Yes. Now, I know many people have been challenging me, Pastor, it's too small. And we're going to keep believing God. Because I believe God has more than enough. And I believe God is doing a great work. And we're going to continue to believe in this great, great work of God. And in that, that publication that you have, and you're going to bring it back with you every week. As a matter of fact, for those that bring it back every week, we're going to start like a book at club. You get a free pizza at the end. Yeah. Yeah. we got to get your stamped, okay? Yeah. And so, so many of you, you can maybe bring it later on today, and we'll stamp it for you. There we go. We'll give you... <laughs> How about a bag, instead of a book at club, we'll bring you a magazine, like bag of chips club. <laughs> so, is that good? Is that good? Okay, bag of chips. Cheaper than pizza. Everybody gets a bag of chips, okay? And a juicy juice, just to show up. Come on, somebody. There we go. I think I just committed to something there. It's like, Pastor Nick is going to deliver it. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. That's a, somebody say bless him, Lord, you know? And, um, but, but listen, you're going to bring that back because this is significant. See, our vision is getting bigger, so therefore our resources need to get bigger. See, a, a growing vision needs more resources. See, everything that God has asked me to do has taken vision, like a vision, has taken faith. And I don't know if you know this or not, faith is costly. Faith is costly. It costs you something. See, when, when, when I married my wife, Natalie, 32 years ago last Thursday, we had, we had our anniversary, okay? Yes. And we, we had a vision, had a vision for a family. And that took faith because we had to see into the future. Right. We'd say all the time, did you ever think we'd be here 32 years like this? Nobody ever thinks 32 years into it. But how many of y'all know 32 years goes by fast? Thank you. I see those hands. Very good. It's everybody over 50. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on. But see, see the vision, seeing it, you, you, have, to, you have to believe it before you see it, and you've got to obey it before you understand it. That's what faith is. And how many of you know, like, marriage is costly. Uh, any of you married out there? Yeah. How many guys out there know that you would not have driven the vehicle you drove to church today if you weren't married? <laughs> it would have been a much, much different vehicle. I might say, yeah, thank you very much. There, yeah, come on. Shame the truth and shame, yeah, tell the truth and shame the devil. Come on, somebody. Yeah. But then, like, but then 32 years, that, that costs money. And then we had five kids. Kids cost money. We had five kids in braces. I used to tell our, the orthodontist, where am, where am I sending you this month on vacation? I mean, that's what I used to tell them. With a, yeah, then, then you, got, you got baseball. We, we started counting like seven years of baseball and ten years of football and three years of lacrosse and, 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 and dance 
dance, like years of dance, right? And then like two dogs, three SUV, uh, two SUVs and three minivans later, a parakeet, car insurances. Are you with me? But I want to let you know, never once did I go through it like, oh, this is such a sacrifice. Oh. It was a joy. Because I, we could, now that I could see into the future, and we saw a better future, and we could see what God was doing, and so we could institute faith, and we invested, and all of our kids did missions trips. Our goal was to get all of our kids on the mission field. Actually, the mission field was more important than soccer tournaments. That, I'm not telling you you should do that. I'm just telling you this is what we did. But I'm telling you it costs money. But we, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was a joy because we could see into the future and obey what God was asking us to do. That's what faith is. And that's what this faith initiative is really all about. You gotta see it and you gotta believe it before you get there. So, this vision campaign, this one vision campaign, is just like that. It's a faith initiative. That's what it really is. And so, we're gonna go to 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29. See, how many of y'all believe that, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it? Come on, yes, yes. How many of y'all believe really, God began a good work in us, not just you? So you got to believe in the us. In, in, in 1 Chronicles 29, before I get there, this is, this is David. David's a very central person in the Old Testament. David was a shepherd boy who killed Goliath. Remember the slingshot? You might remember, like, David took a slingshot, killed Goliath, hit him in the head. And then the cool part is most people leave this part of the story out. He cuts off his head. That's the cool part. Okay, they never tell that in children's ministry. They need to tell that more often. I'm just telling you. Okay, and they cuts off his head. And like, it's really cool. And, um, and then David becomes a warrior. And then he becomes the king. And he's a very significant person. And in 1 Chronicles 29, takes place 900 B.C., a long time ago. And he's doing something very significant here. Very, very significant. See, David lived in a really nice, really nice house, but the presence of God and the temple of God was in a, in a tent. It was portable, and it wasn't even a nice tent. And something was wrong with that. See, David, David, listen to me. David in Psalm 69, David, David was for the zeal of God in his house. For zeal for your house has consumed me. I want to let you know the, the zeal of God and for his house has consumed me. Right. See, I'm getting a little older and the younger guys like coming around saying, Pastor Rick, I can run a lot faster than you. I'm like, no joke. I can hit harder than you. There's, a, there's this young man in Murray's. He, he punches me every week. But the way we do it at my house, and this was our rule in our house, if you hit somebody, they get a free shot on you. Yep. <laughs> I said, Bring, let's go, baby. But he, I can hit, I can, 
I can swing harder. I can hit harder. I can run faster. And they always say all this stuff to me. But you know what I always say to them in Psalm 69? You may be able to do all those things, but you will never out-zeal me. You're never going to out-zeal me. No, 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 no. Because I got the zeal of God inside of me, and I'm burning hot. Are you with me? See, and that's going to be, I have a zeal for God in his house, in the house of God that is burning within me that's never going to go out. Are you with me? Come on, where's my over 50 crowd? Come on, I'm I'm preaching to you right about now. Come on. We will not be out-zealed. I always tell the younger people, y'all, you think you're you think you're better? I'll see you at 4 a.m. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Come on. A couple of them are saying, I, I'd go to bed about then. Okay, I'm I'm texting them good morning. They're texting me good night. I'm not know what's <laughs> happening here. I just something happened or something along the way there. But David in Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 13, he was he was a man after God's own heart. Acts 13.22, for those of you that are going to Connection Group this week, you're going to want to write these things down because everybody's discussing the same thing. Okay? So a man after God's own heart. How many of you would like to be a man or woman after God's own heart? Am I in the right place? Okay, that would be a good thing to be said about you, right? Okay? Then later on in Acts 13, what it, it says in verse 36 that David served the purposes of God in his generation. How many of you all want to serve the purposes of God in your generation? And how many of you want to be a man or woman after God's own heart? Get both hands up. Come on, somebody. There we go. There we go. Come on. See, I'm speaking to you, so there's something we can learn about David here because he said something's wrong. And church, I want to tell you that as a church right now, what we're doing is we're moving into the future, and I'm going to tell you how we're going to move into the future together because I believe God has one glorious hope for our future. So here it is, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1. Then David turned to the entire assembly. He turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is, is what? For the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. So David's writing here, and he dresses everybody, and he remembers something's wrong. We can do better. He's saying, he's saying something isn't right. Have you noticed that something's not right in the world we live right now? God has put us on this earth to unleash heaven. Everybody loves the quote, going to unleash hell. I think the earth has had enough hell. I think it could use some of heaven. Okay, so, th- so, so he says, okay, so it's enormous. You want to know what makes the work of God enormous? It, it's, that it's for God, not man. And we all tend to want church to be about self-improvement rather than self-denial and self-discipline of what Jesus Christ has created for it. And so what we do is we tend to make it about mortals rather than about God. And it's enormous. It is big. It's gigantic, it's huge, it's bigger than you can imagine, right? And then there's this other part in here, it says, he says, but Solomon is still, I'm going to pass this all off to somebody young and inexperienced. Does that sound like a wise person? Yes, Yes, thank you. Somebody young just said yes, come on. 
Everybody young in the room says, that sounds like a really good idea. Where's my under 50 crowd? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like wait a minute. Young and, I'm just so thankful that Bridge City Church, Bridge City Church, listen to me, allowed a 24-year-old young man preach his first message. I preached my first message 33 years ago this month. They let somebody young and inexperienced preach. And they let somebody young and inexperienced become, become an elder and then you can get on staff just a couple years later at 28, 29. I'm so thankful. And I, I, listen, I just want to make room for the next generation. I don't know if you know this or not. When we changed the name of the church from Word and Worship Church to Bridge City Church, one of the primary reasons we wanted to was to make room for the next generation so they could own the church and it was theirs. Right. Right. And some people says, well, I, I don't like that. I said, well, you're thinking like a mere mortal. You're not thinking generationally. Yeah. And so now what we need to start doing is thinking about the next generation, thinking beyond here. That's, and, and, and it's not perfect. I'm just letting you know, if you're waiting for everything to get perfect in your life, you'll never do anything. If you're waiting, I just want to know every detail. There's 32 years of marriage. I didn't know all the details. And God knows I'm still trying to figure some out. Is somebody with me there? Come on. Is anybody? Yeah, I see that hand. Thank you. Yeah, come on. See, I'm still trying to figure it out, and I don't know all the details. As a matter of fact, if God would have told me all the details, I might not have done it. But I was young and inexperienced. There we go. That's, you knew right where I was going. I was, I was, going, I was going to roll right there. That's, that's, that's where I was. Yeah. That's why you fall in love when you're young. It's like, okay. Come on. It's good to be old and in love, too. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm, the people over 50, you got to help me here, man. I'm just telling you. You are leaving me, like, stranded here. Come on. Come on. This second service, this is the well-rested crowd. Come on. Y'all slept in. Come on. Verse 2. I better go on. Mm-hmm. Verse 2, using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for the temple of my God. Everybody say, my God. God. Now there is enough gold and silver and bronze, iron and wood, as well as other quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. See, David is writing, he's, he's communicating here what was written about him, I should say, it's like, I, I, I've used every resource at my command. I've given everything I can. That's what I want to, that's what I want to be. I, come on, you all said you want to be like David, right? Well, then we've got to be willing to use every resource at our command for a greater purpose. Say, everything belongs to God here. And I like where it says, my God. Did you hear in that story earlier, Lauren, right at the end there, she said something significant. When... When God wasn't just a God or the God, he became her God. Did you catch that? Something happens when, it's my, when he becomes your God personally. I'm telling you, that's where the zeal and passion and love and joy for Jesus really begins. 
because I'm not serving him hoping he's going to be happy. He's already happy, so I'm going to get happy too. He's pleased because Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So, so that's what he's communicating here. Every resource. See, I'm a steward. I'm not an owner. I'm going to get to this in a little bit. But I think that's the mentality David had. In verse 3, and now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. Follow me here. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for the holy temple. David said, I have a devotion to the temple. I have a devotion. We were singing this cool song. Everybody likes, you know, we're believing for a miracle. How many of y'all sang that song today? Now, come on, like, I'm believing for a miracle. How many of y'all are believing for a miracle in your life? Come on, let's not stop believing for that, but let's, start, let's do everything we can do to prepare for the miracle. Are you with me? Yeah, but it's because of my devotion, I am going to give out of what I own to God. Because I am a steward of it, I'm not the owner. See, I believe that's what he's saying here. David was incredibly devoted to, to God and his purposes because God already demonstrated he was devoted to David. So here we go, here we go, listen to me. If there is an ask... Or a request that God could make where you would say no, that is the threshold or lid on the measure of your devotion to God. If there's anything God asked for, if there's anything he asked for, and you would say no, then that's your lid. If there's a job, if there's an if there's, if there's a car, if there's a house, if there's anything you own in your life where you can say, God, you can have everything except that, then that's your lid. As a matter of fact, let me try to say it this way. If there is anything you won't do for him, then there's nothing you can do for him. If there is anything you won't do for God, for him, then really, there's nothing you can do for him. God, whatever you ask. Whatever you ask. I showed up, at, I, I was at a conference, and I, we, I showed up to lunch. I showed up at lunch trying to get other people to sign up for mission trips. At the end of it, the lady in charge, she says, Pastor Rick, would you come here? And I'm like, oh, sure. I got this person here. I got I'm like, I'm, I'm like recruiting. She said, would you go to Honduras? And I'm like, see, I just, I, th- in that moment, I'm being honest with you. I was like, but the moment she said that, then th- wouldn't you know, it was a week, it was a week trip that I know I'm free. Don't you hate that? <laughs> I hate that. And I'm literally, but this is how I'm thinking. I'm like, so I just said, yeah, let me, let me just, I just need to get home and just talk to my wife, just make sure we're one, because we got to make decisions like that being one heart. And I got home, and so here I am, 
<laughs> on my way to Honduras soon. And I'm praising God for it. Because there's nothing, there's no, see, I'm going to lead with a yes, not a no, not a maybe, not a I'll pray about it. Come on, you know what I'll pray about it means. That's a nice way to just say no. I'd rather just come out and say, no, I don't like you. I would, I would like that better. No, you got to get one. You got to get your affairs in order. I'm with you. But see, like, there's nothing. See, it's not my house. It's God's house. It's not my car. It's God's car. See, are you with me? See, it's out of devotion that I do these things, and it all belongs to God. Are you, are you with me now? Okay, verse 4. Verse 4. Keep going here. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophar and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for the other gold and silver to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, now then, now then, who will follow me Follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today. Now, I want to let you know, we're starting this big initiative, this faith initiative. My wife, Natalie, and I, we were the first ones to give. I didn't give the final gift, but we were going to give the first one because I'm not going to ask people to do things that we're not willing to do. Done deal. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an if, it was a how much. That was just the first installment. We're, we're still processing and praying. Yeah, we are. We're just like, God, what do you want to do? Everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. I mean, selling a house, selling a car, doing without, doing, any questions. Are fair. I'm not saying we're doing that, but we're asking every question. We were talking yesterday, and um, we were saying, okay, like if we stay in this house, and we were talking about a major project hasn't been done in, in our house for like, we've been there 12, 13 years, um, so many houses later. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife just, she goes, I know, she goes, I know, she goes, in three years. She didn't, there was no whining, there was no like, oh, geez, no, 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 no. Listen, if we wait three years, we wait three years if we stay here. If we sell it, somebody else can redo it. Are you with me? Right. See, see, we got to get out of that mode where, where I'm going to hold back some things. God's looking for a people who are all in. Everything's on the table. Everything can, can, that we can give, we will give here. Yes. See, David didn't say, I'm going to just increase taxes and let other people give. He wasn't going to leave it for everybody else. He was going to give out of, out of his self, out of, out of his, his treasury, his bank account. There was going to be a, a, a significant give here. The current price of David's gift, the current price was $6.4 billion in gold. $196 million in silver if you would take in today's dollars. Now listen, I want to let you know, if you happen to have $6.4 billion in gold, I'll see you afterwards. We'll be good. Yeah, we'll go to lunch and dinner. Yeah. No, listen to me. Listen, and that, see, that, that blows our mind. But David was just like, 
Yeah, I'll give this. It all belongs to God. See, we, see, I believe God's challenging us on the way we view money, on the way we view our stuff, on the way we view things, on the way we view this temporal life as mere mortals. Are you with me? So this is what David did, and this is what we're asking you to do. This is what we want you to do. We want you to give specifically. We want you to give intentionally. And we want you to give faithfully. Now, the reason I believe David gave in faith, track me, is because he was giving to something he would not see completed. He was passing it on to Solomon, who was going to finish the job. Are you with me? How many of you all know that takes faith? So, we're, so he gave in those three, specific, intentional, and faith. That's how we give. That's how we're going to move into this. That's how leaders give. At leaders, at Bridge City Church, we love to give first. Amen? Come on, we give first. We don't wait for other people. This is what we're doing. See, here comes a time as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're, this is what we're going to do. We've, we've made a decision. It's a done deal. Is anybody with me? Come on. See, that's the heart. That's the, it's, it's a generational heart. But what we got to get out of is an ownership and get into stewardship. See, as a steward, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. You might want to write that down. I'm not going to cover it. But the apostle Paul was talking about, I'm a steward. Everything I have is from God. And I'm just managing God's stuff. I'm just managing God's stuff. I'm, I'm a steward. I'm a steward with my marriage. I'm a steward with my children. I'm a steward with, as a man of God. I'm a steward as an employee. I, you know, I got some stuff that belongs to God, and he lets me drive. Right? He just happens to let me live in his house. Isn't that, isn't that, see, that's a change of mentality. I don't own it. I'm just here for a while. That's all. I'm just here for a while. God owns it. It all belongs to God. So, I, so I, he owns it. He can do what he wants with it here. So here in verse 11, in 1 Chronicles 29, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. See, he's a king. He rules. He's in charge. He calls the shots. Are you with me? That's what it is. I'm I'm not the owner. God is. Verse 12, everything comes from God. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. Everything's from God. That's why it's such a joy to give. And in the book, we're, we're asking everybody to read. I mean, one of the, my favorite quotes is all about, you never have to encourage a giver to keep giving. Because they've tasted and seen how much fun and joyful it is to give. A giving people just love to give. And once you, once you see it and you see what it does, it's like, we get to do this all the time. So there's a book. The Treasure Principle that we're asking everybody to read. Now, now how many of you all have started reading this book so far? Good, good, good. Now, if you want, we're going to give you this book for free. You just have to walk over here. 
in the corner before you leave, and they're going to hand you one for free. It's a great devotional. Love the book. As a matter of fact, this is the deal. This is the deal. We all know it's, it's October's Pastor Appreciation Month. Okay? So if it's Pastor Appreciation Month, I think I should get that. I should dictate what the appreciation is. <laughs> this is fun. I, I, don't, don't get, I don't need a gift card. Don't need any of those things. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you a serious question. Am I your pastor? Is this your church? That's a question. You have to answer. So I'm asking you to read this book in appreciation. If you want to appreciate me, you want to appreciate the pastors, read this book. We're going to give you the book for free. So it's going to cost you the time it takes to read. How many of y'all want to appreciate your pastor? Okay. I just want to let you know you didn't turn around. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah, Rachel even raised her hand. That was pretty good. Very good. Was that me or him? Both. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... So we're going to give you the book. you got to get one before you leave. And it's a great devotional. There's, like, really cool stuff in here. And in verse 11, or verse 11, whew, you can tell you've been preaching too long when you say verse 11 when you're opening a book. And, and page 11 in the book, right here, John D. Rockefeller was one of the wealthiest men who ever lived. After he died, someone asked his accountant, how much money did John leave? The reply was classic. He left all of it. You can't take it with you. Right. Isn't that a good reminder? Yes. Yes. Isn't that a good reminder? Yeah. I mean, yeah, listen, when I die, I'm going to leave enough for my kids. They're going to get fried chicken and some rigatoni. <laughs> and they, and they got to bring their own bread and butter. That's what they go. <laughs> listen. What this, what this is all about is living for something bigger than you. And so I'm asking you to read it and, and get the treasure of heaven in your heart. The treasure of heaven in your life. That's what it's about. That's what the joy is. That's what the heart of God is. That's what it, that, so we've got to come to those realizations there. David realized there's something wrong. The glory of God is not being seen to the degree of the power of God. And until we come to this realization, it's going to become about mere mortals and about what we can get. Until we realize it's about what, what God can do in lives. Now, in your, in your, your magazine, remember, you've you got to bring back your magazine every, every week. But in your magazine, there's, there's a page towards the back, towards the back. And we want to help, help you. How, do you. how do you grow in faith? Remember, many of you raise your hand. I want to grow in faith. And so I'm going to help you. How do you determine your commitment here? It all starts at the bottom rung here of, of being an occasional giver. An occasional giver. This is towards the back in your magazine. You're going to read this. An occasional. I don't give consistently, but I just give occasionally. I'm not faulting this. How many of y'all know faith got to start somewhere? Yes. Yes. You all with me? Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, but, but sometimes we, we call this, in, 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 when God does something good for you, you give him a tip. You just give, leave, leave a little something. But then we move up to consistent. 
I give consistently, not 10%, but I'm giving consistently. That's growing in faith. I'm, tell, I'm asking you to grow in your faith. Then you move up to tither. That means 10%. You move the decimal. I'm all in. My faith is to that degree. You grow in your faith. How many of you don't know this is a faith journey? This is about discipleship. This is about becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Jesus was not afraid to talk about money. As a matter of fact, he talked about money a lot more than love and, 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 and everything else that's quoted. But then we move up to a place called generous, where, God, I just want to be generous. I want to be generous. You know, I feel bad for people who never got to the place in their life where they had nothing. I want you to hear me. More than once in our life, we, we had nothing. And God pulled through every single time. Every single time. There were times we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. People showed up at our house dropping off food. It was, it was like, this faith thing works, and it's fun. Now, I'm not saying be foolish. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about it's being sold out for God. You own everything. There's a difference, right? Right? Good tension. I'm not talking about foolishness, making promises you can't keep. It. This is how we're going to move you. God, not only what do I have, but what can I give up, and then what can I believe God for? Now, how are we going to get to 1.5? Let me, I'm glad you asked. Let's take a look at this next chart. It's in your magazine right there. Now, these aren't how many times you need to give this amount. This is how many households to be able to, to, to commit that amount of money over 36 months above and beyond your regular giving. Now, if you're like me, you look at, that, you look at those numbers, and the first thing you do is you look at the top one, and you get 100,000, and those are where your eyes go up a little bit. Woo! And then you begin to scan. Now, every dollar is important. And why do we need certain households to give a lead gift and, and bigger? It's because that's, that's a lead gift according to your faith, according to how God has blessed you. That's what you do. See, it can't be the same amount. Everybody just gives this amount. That, that would only work if we were in a, in a socialistic, communistic culture that everybody made the same amount. That's the only way that would work. Because somebody who makes 30000 is different than 100000 and faith is different to each level. Are you with me? So it's going to require faith. And wherever you land in the natural, we're going to ask you to take one step forward. Why are we giving this to you now? So you don't give emotionally and under compulsion that you can pray and hear God and act according to God's plan. Are you with me? I don't want emotional, oh, i got to do something in fear. No, it's not fear, it's faith. And everybody has a something you can do. Everybody has a something. When we were doing our, 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 fi- our finances, we got paid this last week. First thing, how much did we make? Then we, then we knew there was a missions offering today. How much are we going to give? That's just a done deal. See, I got an inside track. I knew that. So we, we acted in faith. 
We planned. We purposed in our heart here. So as we give this here, and these are called lead gifts up above, but we're going to prayerfully do this together. We're going to prayerfully put our hands all in the middle and say, I'm all in. That's what we're asking. How many of you are willing to pray and ask Jesus what he wants you to do? Now, I want to make it really clear. 39 years, 39 years as a church, we have never received money for one thing and used it for another. We have never, like, received missions money and then used it for salaries. We've never received money for Thanksgiving meals and used it on the building. We have never taken, like, like, like the, the building money, so, oh, we've got to pay the electric bill. No, no, no. 39 years we have consistently been faithful to whatever we say we do. Okay, that's, that, that's the way it's been. That's the way it's going to continue to be. Now let me brag on God for a minute. Let me just brag on, on Jesus. I've been on staff since 1992. I am the only pastor I know that I've actually verbalized and talked to, that I know, that has never missed a paycheck in all these years. That's not about my, that's not my story. That's a story about the, the great generational giving of this church. That's a story of the faithfulness and sacrifice of all those people who have gone before you and gone in, and, and provided and made a way. And I'm thankful for that. I, I, that's a joy. That's an, honor to, that's an honor to be a part. Are you with me now? So this isn't about scrimping, oh, we're, we're, we don't have enough. No, God has more than enough. And you know where it is? It's in your bank account. It's in mine. No, I'm being honest. There's more than enough. And we can do it. I believe we can. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Come on. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly. Or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I want to be loved by God. Just like our own kids and the things we, we did, they, they needed growing up, never once. Oh, it's such a sacrifice. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep serving because I will not be out zeal because the passion of God is in my heart. This last weekend, there were a group of men and women spent the whole day, yesterday, spent the whole day getting victory over their past and to step into their future. That's what it's about. Let's not forget, that's what it's about. That's what we're going to continue to do. Continue to step forward. But you know what breaks my heart? 
is uh, in our region, there's a lot of older church buildings that are boarded up, closed up. That breaks my heart. I don't say that arrogant. You know why? Except for the grace of God, so might we be boarded up someday. We don't take that lightly. We're fools if we think that we're better than a generation or two before us. Fools, I tell you. What really breaks my heart is there's some churches down in, in, in Pittsburgh that are no longer churches. They're being used as wineries and breweries. Now, don't get that. Listen, this isn't about anti-alcohol. This is about pro-glory of God. Are you with me? That once the glory of God was there, once the presence of God, people sacrificed money and time and energy to build these places, and they're empty or boarded up, and the presence of God is not there. And now they're being used for all kinds of debauchery and all kinds of craziness. Are you with me? At some point, we got to be like David and say, for the zeal of God has consumed me. i got to do something about this. I've takes it till I can't take it no more. i got to do something. I want to be a part of a move of God that's so clear and so crisp that only Jesus could put his name on it. And that Jesus would want to put his name on it. That Jesus wants to. And that brings the fear of God in me. That brings me to my knees. That brings me fear. Because God, preserve your work. Preserve your people. If you're sensing faith stirring in your heart, would you just stand to your feet right now? See, that's what this is about. So we're asking three things, church. Three things. Three things. Here it is. Here it is. Look at me. Three things. I'm asking you to be here every week. Will you commit to be at church every week? Come on, will you commit? Come on, just, just, see, you got to make it a done deal. I'm in. Just like me, the mission trip. I'm in. I'm in. Why wouldn't I? How could I not? Then the second of all is be open to hear God. You're going to read this book. How many of y'all are going to get this book before you leave? You're going to get this book. How many of y'all are going to? And you're going to read it. And you're, then, that, th- thank you. You're going to be open. How many of you are going to just be open? God, whatever you want to do with me in a couple weeks. A couple weeks, we're all going to commit together. Then I want you to be there. I want you to be there on November 7th. November 7th, I want you to be there. That's why you have a couple weeks to get your face turned. Plan, prepare, ask Jesus what he wants. Are you with me? And you're going to all get together at 5 p.m. We're not going to have church in the morning at any of our locations. We're going to gather together in the evening. Why are we getting together at Greater Works Outreach? Glad you asked. Because we can't get everybody together in one of our locations. So we were going to go into Gateway High School. We were about to. We were looking into it. We were trying to get into there. But then, listen, they got this mask mandate. I'm not going to fight the mask mandate. I'm just not going to do it. That doesn't sound like a celebration. I'm not not pro-mask or anti-mask. I'm just saying, let's not make it about masks. Let's make it about the glory of God in faith. See, that's, what, that's the point. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making judgments on that. I'm just saying let's make it what it's about. 
Then also, Pastor Gary Metric, a good friend, we were texting again this morning, back and forth, just mighty big prayers. And, um, and I, I showed up and says, Pastor Gary, can we use your place? He said, what's mine is yours. We're going to save probably about $7,000 going there and not renting a high. How many of y'all think that's a good idea? So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be here. Everybody say, be here. Be here. Then you're going to be, be open. And you're going to be there. Say, be there. Be there. That's what we're going to do. Is y'all good? And we're going to watch God do something really cool. How many of y'all believe that? How many of y'all want to believe God to do something really big? Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, I'm so glad you're here today. If something's moving in your heart right now, you're saying, God, I want you to increase my faith. Faith for finances, a relationship, uh, faith for a job, faith for healing, physically, spiritually, emotionally. If any area in your life right now, you say, I could use a little bit of faith. I want you to make your way out of your seat and just come down front here. Just come down. You're going to crowd in down here. Just That's right. Come on down. If any Faith in any area. This is not faith just for finances, but if you want faith for finances, this is your chance. Crowd in. Crowd up. Crowd. Let's just all get together here. How many of y'all sense God's stirring the waters? He's stirring something. Come crowd in, crowd in, step on his chairs. You do whatever it is. Come on here, fill in. I don't care. The chairs are going to burn someday. Okay, we're going to sing a song in just a minute, but listen to me. If you're here today and you don't know for certain that you would spend eternity in heaven, you came to the right place because that's why God put us on this planet. He didn't put us here to build you up and to tell you how, to only tell you how great it is. We're here so that people go from death to life. We're here because everybody that doesn't have a saving faith in Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven is bound for a real place called hell. And so I don't want you to go there. So before we do, before we, I go on, we sing this song, and we, I'm going to pray for you. This is it. If there's anybody here today, you do not know for certain of where you would spend eternity. And if you don't have a date, a time, a moment, or a day where you began your relationship with Jesus, with God the Father, through Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross, only what he did on the cross, I'm offering you Jesus to become the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future. And if you don't have a day, a moment, or time, today's your day. So many people in this room, you, you've been in church, but you've never been Jesus. And, and you, your heart's beating real fast right now. And you're like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen next. If that's you right now, right now, you say, I, I don't have that day, but I want Jesus to be the forgiver of my past, the leader of my future. I want you just to slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Anybody in the house today? Anybody in the house today? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't contemplate. Just jump on in. Anybody at all? I got to ask that question before we worship here. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody? Very good. So we're all going to say this prayer because I want you to get good at it so you can pray with your friends at work and your family. Y'all go with that? So this is how you lead somebody to Christ. So this is how you do it. You get them to say, say, Father God, forgive me. I have sinned. I've missed the mark. 
I ask you, Jesus, for forgiveness. I ask you, Jesus, to lead me into my future. Amen. That's, there, there it is. And now you got to every day live for Jesus for the rest of your life. And it's really cold. Come on, somebody. Is that good? Okay. Okay. Now this is what I want you to do. If you need faith, lift up your hands right now. Surrender to God. I was going to pray for you. Woo! Come on. Lord God, in Jesus' name, I pray for every hand that's up right now. I don't know what they need physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Lord God, direction. Lord God, every single one here. Lord God, they have needs right now. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Heavenly Father, I pray for a stir of the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Ghost, stir this place right now. Holy Spirit, come on, Holy Spirit, stir this place. I pray for a fresh infilling into every person here in Jesus' name. Every person from the right to the left, to the left to the right. Lord God, I thank you for faith to be instilled right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just say, come Holy Spirit, come on. Come on, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come on, God is stirring faith. He's giving you a word right now. The word of God is coming alive right now. The word of God is what brings faith. Hearing the word of God. The word of God. That's it. Come on, now we're going to worship Jesus together. Keep your hands up.